chapter twenty eight of the double life of mr alfred burton this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by kathleen the double life of mr alfred burton by e phillips oppenheim the real alfred burton edith slipped out of her evening cloak and came into the foyer of the opera house a spotless vision of white for a moment she looked at her cavalier in something like amazement it did not need the red handkerchief a corner of which was creeping out from behind his waistcoat to convince her that some extraordinary change had taken place in burton he was looking pale and confused and his quiet naturalness of manner had altogether disappeared he came towards her awkwardly swinging a pair of white kid gloves in his hand bit late aren't you he remarked i am afraid i am a few minutes late she admitted until the last moment father said he was coming we shall have to go in very quietly come along then he said i don't know the way i suppose one of these fellows will tell us his inquiry loud-voiced and not entirely coherent received at first scant attention from the usher to whom he addressed himself they were directed to their places at last however the house was in darkness and with the music edith forgot for a time the slight shock which she had received the opera was samson at delilah and a very famous tenor was making his reappearance after a long absence edith gave herself up to complete enjoyment of the music then suddenly she was startled by a yawn at her side burton was sitting back his hands in his pockets his mouth wide open mr burton she exclaimed softly he had the grace to sit up long-winded sort of stuff this he pronounced in an audible whisper she felt a cold shiver of apprehension as she saw him lounging there beside her her thoughts seemed to go back to the day when she had looked with scornful disdain at that miserable picnic party of trippers who drank beer out of stone jugs and formed a blot upon the landscape once more she saw the man who stood a little apart in his loud clothes and common cloth cap saw him looking into the garden she began to tremble what had she done so nearly done in spite of herself the music drew her away again she even found herself turning towards him once for sympathy isn't it exquisite she murmured he laughed shortly give me the chocolate soldier he declared worth a dozen of this suddenly she realized what had happened her anger and resentment faded away for the first time she wholly and entirely believed his story for the first time she felt that this miracle had come to pass she was no longer ashamed of him she no longer harbored any small feelings of resentment at his ill-bred attitude a profound sympathy swept up from her heart sympathy for him sympathy too for herself when they passed out together she was as sweet to him as possible though he put on a black bowler hat some time before it was necessary and though his red handkerchief became very much in evidence you will drive me down to chelsea won't you she begged right oh he replied i'll get one of these chaps to fetch a taxi he succeeded in obtaining one gleeful because he had outwitted some prior applicant to whom the cab properly belonged couldn't stop somewhere and have a little supper could we he asked i'm afraid not she answered it wouldn't be quite the thing he tried to take her hand after a moment's hesitation she permitted it mr burton she said softly do answer me one question did you part with all your beans his hand went up to his forehead for a moment 
yes he replied both of them i only had two and it didn't seem worth while keeping one got my pockets full of money too and they are going to make me a director of menatogen do you feel any different she asked him he looked at her in a puzzled way and striking a match lit a cigarette without her permission odd you should ask that he remarked i do feel sort of queer to-night as though i'd been ill or something of the sort there are so many things i can only half remember at least i remember the things themselves but the part i took in them seems so odd kind of feeling as though i'd been masquerading in another chap's clothes he added with an uneasy little laugh i don't half like it tell me she persisted did you really find the music tiresome he nodded rather he confessed the chocolate soldier is my idea of music i like something with a tune in it there's been no one to beat gilbert and sullivan i don't know who wrote this samson and delilah but he was a dismal sort of beggar wasn't he i like something cheerful don't you want to come and have supper edith i know a place where they play all the popular music no thank you she told him gravely you seem so cold and sort of stand-offish to-night he complained coming a little closer to her some of those nights down at your place can't remember em very well but i am jolly sure you were different what's happened mayn't i hold your fingers even his arm would have been around her waist but she evaded it firmly don't you know what has happened she demanded earnestly don't you really know can't say that i do he admitted i've got a sort of feeling as though i'd been all tied up like lately haven't been able to enjoy myself properly and gone mooning about after shadows to-night i feel just as though i were coming into my own again a bit i say he added admiringly you do look stunning come and have some supper no one will know and let me drive you home afterwards do she shook her head i don't think you must talk to me quite like this she said kindly you have a wife you know and i am engaged to be married he laughed quite easily never seen ellen have you he remarked she's a fine woman you know although she isn't quite your style she'd think you sort of pale and colourless i expect no kind of go or dash about you is that what you think edith asked him smiling you aren't exactly the style i've always admired he confessed but there's something about you he added in a puzzled manner i don't know what it is but i remember it from a year ago something that seemed to catch hold of me i expect i must be a sentimental sort of johnny underneath however i do admire you edith immensely i only wish again she evaded him please do not forget mr bomford she begged that silly old ass burton exclaimed looks as though he swallowed a poker you're never going to marry him i think that i shall she replied at any rate at present i am engaged to him therefore if you please you must keep just a little further away i don't like to mention it but i think haven't you been smoking rather too much he laughed without a trace of sensitiveness i have been having rather a day of it he admitted but i say edith if you won't come to supper i think you might let a fellow she drew back into her corner mr burton she said you must please not come near me but i want a kiss he protested you'd have given me one the other night you'd have given me as many as i'd liked you almost clung to me that night under the cedar tree her eyes for a moment were half closed it was a different sort of world then she whispered softly it was a different mr burton you see since then a curtain has come down we are starting a fresh act and i don't think i know you quite so well as i did 
sounds like tommy rot he grumbled the taxicab came to a standstill the man got down and opened the door burton half sulkily stepped out on to the pavement well here you are he announced can't say that i think much of you this evening she held out her hand they were standing on the pavement now in the light of a gas lamp and with the chauffeur close at hand she was not in the least afraid but there was a lump in her throat he looked so very common so far away from those little memories with which she must grapple mr burton she said good-night i want to thank you for this evening and i want to ask you to promise that if ever you are sorry because i persuaded you to sell those little beans you will forgive me it was a very wonderful thing you know and i didn't understand perhaps i was wrong don't you worry he answered cheerfully that's all right anyway it's jolly well the best thing i ever did in my life got my pockets full of money already and i mean to have a thundering good time with it no fear of my ever blaming you good night miss edith my regards to the governor and tell him i am all on for manatogen he gave his hat a little twist and stepped back into the taxi i will give my father your message she told him as the door opened to receive her right ho burton replied leicester square cabby End of chapter 28